I uh, had eight pages of notes. The Lord's funny. <clears throat> you think he would tell you everything ahead of time. He just doesn't work that way. He wants you to trust him moment by moment. So, uh, you know, we're living in an age that everybody's got their grand design, their plans, their scheme, their mission, sta- personal mission statement, the goal for your business, blah, blah. We're all about, and I'm all about that too, to tell you the truth. But I'm going to tell you how God is. He will not tell you everything he wants you to do up front. Because, why? Because he wants you to walk by faith. And Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it's impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe he is and that he is a rewarder. How many know God's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? So, so, you know, he won't tell you everything. If you wonder why you get surprises, you know, God will be sometimes right behind the surprise. Say, because I want you to do this and I want you to go here. So I got a lot to say about that, but that's not my message today. Anyway, yesterday I spent a good portion of the day praying and, you know, getting ready for today. I, uh, I um, really hone in on my notes on Saturday and the Lord didn't say anything different to me. Uh, this morning I got up and uh, Susan is in Birmingham, Alabama with uh, three of our grandchildren uh, while my daughter and her husband celebrate their 13th anniversary. So uh, anyway, so she drove there. She likes, Susan is, loves to drive. I thought, you crazy. Man, I put my, put my tail in a, in, a, in a seat on an airplane. I'll go that way. No, she wants to, so she drove. And she, she just, really, she enjoys the trip. So she got there, and so I got up this morning by myself. So uh, sat in my, usually I'm upstairs. I was in my bedroom, sitting in a chair. And the Lord let me go through all my notes. <laughs> He's so funny. I don't know what to say. And then I was just about done. He said, no, I don't want you to do that. And I said, you've got to be joking. He said, no. And uh, so I uh, turned around and kneeled down at the chair I was in. And in 30 seconds, he gave me what I'm going to give you. So this is uh, extemporaneous speech. There are no notes. Uh, the notes are inside of me. And, uh, I, you know, he gave me the scripture references. So I, on my reading history, I've gotten them so I can get to them quickly. But they're no, nothing online. So all that, we'll do it another time. Is that okay? I am very aware. And if I let me say this, I, uh, the way I live life is I want to include in today what I want tomorrow. Right? Do you want to go to heaven tomorrow? Or sometime, not, not right tomorrow, but, you know. <laughs> In your future. <laughs> not immediate future. Well, well, well then you've got to include heaven in today, right? If you want to get close to the Lord, get close to him today. If you want to be close to him tomorrow, get close to him today. You want to pray more fervently tomorrow, pray that way today. If you want to have good fellowship with your spouse, have it today. You want to know your kids? Have it today. Text them, talk to them, tell them you love them. Tell them they're sweet most of the time. You know. Uh, if you want to be financially healthy tomorrow, you got to work on it today, right? And then health is the same way. God led me today to talk about health. Jesus not only secured forgiveness of sin, but the healing of disease. How many hear me? And it's something I pursue. In fact, um, Deuteronomy 33:25. it's uh, Moses just before he died, the anointing came on him and all of the um, um, children of Jacob, Israel. He gave each tribe a word and the tribe Asher 
He gave the tribe of Asher a word. I like the first part of it. It said, you're going to have all kinds of oil. Yeah, I like that part. But the part I'm grabbing is the latter part of Deuteronomy 33, 25. And I say it to the Lord every day because tomorrow I want that to be in my life. And it is, as your days, so will your strength be. So every day I say this. So you're going to get to watch and see it work out. I say, as long as I live and there's no certain time to die. See everybody, huh? Well, Ecclesiastes says time to be born and a time to die. There's no particular, you can make that time longer or shorter according to what you do. In fact, Psalm 91, 16, with long life, everybody say long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? So I'm not planning on dying young. You wouldn't call me young now, but to me it's young. Because I'm not satisfied with life yet. So I said, Lord, I'm going to, here's what I say every day. Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to live until I'm satisfied with life. I don't even know what an old man, all, I mean, somebody's changing it all the time. 40 used to be old till I turned 40. 60 used to be old till I turned 60. I don't know what old is. But I'm going to live till I'm satisfied with life. And I expect every day of my life that I live in this physical, this is just a tent. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels or jars of clay. It's just a pot of dirt, made of dirt, but you've got the glory of God in your pot, right? And so as long as I live in this pot, it's going to be clean and healthy. Sickness is uncleanness in my view. Illness is uncleanness in my view. God created you to be well. So I say it every day. I know it'll take a little time, but let me develop my theme here. Uh, so I plan on living a, health, a healthy life, lifelong. I do not expect to be on medications. I'm not on any now. I don't take anything. I don't need it. I guess if I needed it, I'd take it, but I don't need it. Have I ever taken them away? Yeah. But I don't now. I don't need it. So I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on Jesus. But what's the antidote? Well, there's some things I do every day. I work on health every day. There's scriptures. I woke up last night. And I do this every night. And scripture, I've got them. I mean, I think about them so much, I've memorized them now. And I just let healing scriptures. That is, scriptures that promise the healing power of God to restore the human person. I let those go over and over inside of me. And I, and I assent to them. And I meditate on them. And then I, every day I say, Lord, as long as I live in this body, every part of this body will function the way it was designed. Every, uh, every system, every organ, and every cell is, uh, is helped by you and your presence in me. And then I mentioned to him Romans 8, 16, if the, same, if the spirit of him who raised up uh, Christ from the dead lives in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body by his spirit who lives in you. So I believe he's quickening me. Do you think he's quickening you? God, I, I got a question to ask. If you think that, are you talking sickness or are you talking health? Are you talking about what? Are you talking more about your maladies than you do what God's promised? If you talk more about sickness, that's what you're going to have. You start talking health because it comes from your heart, then you'll find your body begin to get well. Yes or no? So I just want to want to make you aware. And then also, uh, now this is a little side thing. I don't know how far I'm going to go with this. Let's see what happens. But uh, I was made aware that uh, there was a, a recent meeting of the World Economic Forum. Do you know what that is? WEF for short. And the WHO, World Health Organization, 
in my opinion. I don't know what this is going to do with algorithms, but here we go. Let me get a swig before I say this. In my opinion, they're nefarious organizations. And they're espousing a one-world government. And they're moving people into fear so that they'll kowtow to their demands and desires and wishes. When COVID broke out in uh, March of 2020, four years ago next month, God gave me one word, and if you've been here, you've heard me talk about that. It's the word nefarious. I never use the word nefarious. I went and looked up all the adjective, and you can go back in the notes online. I've got it all online where I've talked about it. Well, it was a nefarious activity in that it was planned. Now, I've got a document in my, my office uh, dated 2009 where there are entities that had planned that there would be a worldwide pandemic that would affect people, and there's a scheme and plan behind it. Now, isn't it really strange that somebody said something about that in 2009 and then it happened in 2020? Now, I just heard and read, and I've heard this from several sources, that the next disease they want to, whatever word you want to use, uh, make people aware of worldwide is uh, X, disease X. They haven't given it a name yet. I guess they will. But you just need to be aware that they have figured out that if they can control you with fear, that they can conquer you. How many get that? So I said all that to say, um, resultingly, and I'm not going into the weeds at all, there's a lots of illness these days, lots of sickness these days. A lot of people are illness-minded, sickness-minded. I'm not. I don't think about sickness and disease, and I don't think as I age, well, I wonder what's going to happen to me next. I don't think that way. I think that Jesus bore stripes on his body. So that I could be not only forgiven of my sin, but healed of disease. What better way to honor Jesus' sacrifice than to walk in the light of what he did for me with that sacrifice? And that is to walk in forgiveness of sin and to walk in health. If you're sick, it's hard to help somebody else because they got to help you. But if you're well, you can go minister to someone else. Demon spirits uh, seem to be up in the ante these days in that they are filling people filled, uh, full of uh, pessimism, doubt, fear, and that kind of thing in all kinds of ways, including physical health. And, uh, you know, I stopped watching TV a long time ago. I mean, why, why, why do I want that in my house? I don't. Now, I watch selective things from various devices, but, and then it's got to be clean, but... Um, I don't, and if you ever look at TV, you notice the pharmaceuticals uh, companies have gone nuts. Have you noticed that? They got a pill for every malady. I wonder if it's really to cure the malady or to make them wealthy. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you got to take this the rest of your life. Well, Jesus did something that'll work the rest of your life and keep you healthy. So here it is, Exodus 15. I noticed this, that right uh, after the Israelites came out of uh, 400 years of bondage in Egypt through the Red Sea, about three months into the, into the wilderness, uh, verse 22 of Exodus uh, 
15 says, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. Shur was a wall that was built by the Egyptians to separate them from a neighboring country uh, for safety. And that's, that's why it's called the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness, found no water. So they kept walking, walking, walking. They found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah because they were bitter. Therefore, uh, the name of it was called uh, Marah. And uh, in my notes from Janice Finning's annotated reference Bible, he says, this basin of the well in Marah, it means bitter. The basin of the well is eight feet diameter, about two feet of water, which is said even now to contain sulfate of lime, magnesia, sodium, pot, soda, potash, chloride of sodium, uh, bituminous matter, silicic, silicic acid, carbonic acid. These chemicals make the water unfit for drinking. Arabs seldom even permit their camels to drink from it. And so he says, the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? He cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree when he cast it into the waters, the water was made sweet. It's really amazing to me. Perhaps that tree would be synonymous with the cross of Jesus when applied to the bitter places of life. It heals it. Just maybe, just maybe. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. An ordinance is a regulation. That is something that is standardized that will be happening from this moment forward. There he made them a statute, a statute and an ordinance. And there he tested them and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. And again, uh, that I will should be I will, al I will allow it's not in the, per, the causative sense, it's in the permissive sense. God doesn't have any sickness in heaven to give anybody. In fact, Jesus prayed, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is it the will of God for people in heaven to be sick? Is it to, uh, the will of God for people in heaven to suffer all kinds of maladies? No. So let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God doesn't have any sickness to give us. So again, that's not the, that's not the causative sense in that verb. It's the permissive sense. And I've got this in my studies if you want a re reference of that. I will put none of these diseases or I'll allow none of these diseases on you, which I have allowed on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. And that's one of God's covenant names. Uh, Rapha is the Hebrew word for healing or health. And he's Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord who heals you. I don't know about you. I don't know of a better physician in the world than my God. And so again, the idea here is that he did this right after they left um, Egypt and made them a statute and an ordinance and declared himself as Jehovah Rapha to his, uh, to his covenant people. And let me just also remind you, I pray this a lot when, when somebody asks me to pray over the food, I pray this. Exodus 23, 25, so you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water. Bread, speaking of what you eat, and then water, what you drink. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. 
No one will suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land, and I will fulfill the number of your days. Now, God honored his word to his people there. And uh, Psalm 105, 37 says he brought them out. Y'all may want to write these references down. I memorize, I have memorized these. I, could, I don't need the Bible. To, I'm just reading it. I don't have to, but I do. Because it's inside of me. But write these down and meditate on them. I have a lot over the years of time. He also brought them out with silver and gold. The Israelites out of Egypt with silver and gold. How many know God doesn't want you to be poor, broken with nothing? He wants to meet your needs, but you got to honor him first. He brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among their tribes. Now, uh, Bible scholars say that there was up, upwards of two and a half million people that came out of Egypt through the Red Sea going into the wilderness there. That would, and I just looked it up this morning because I wanted to know. You know what I found out? Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, Cary, this whole area, there's about 2.1 million people here. Now, think of this. Uh, a population the size of what we call the Triangle area. No sickness, no disease, no infirmity. I would call that a miracle, wouldn't you? Do you think there's anywhere in the world with two and a half million people that you wouldn't find sickness? No, no, no. But God did. The Israelites were not sick. As long as they kept the covenant, they weren't sick. It's only after they started worshiping pagan gods that illness came to them. How many hear what I said? Then Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, Jesus, as he started his ministry, um, uh, I want to note that perhaps when Jesus, have you noticed that how much time Jesus spent in his ministry, ministering health and healing? If that was a side issue and unimportant, why did Jesus spend so much time ministering to the afflicted? You ever thought about that? If it was the will of God for me to be sick and stay sick and suffer and give God glory while I'm hurting, that's what I heard in the church I was raised. That sometimes God wants you to be sick so he can teach you a lesson. That is not true. Or that so in your suffering you can smile and put it and just, I'm going to do this, you know, be real sweet about it. That is not the will of God. If that was the will of God and if sickness was the will of God, why didn't Jesus go to people and say, I, I give to you from my Father in heaven a gift, sickness. In fact, you want to give God glory? Make, let me make you really sick. That almost feels and sounds sacrilegious to say that. But listen to me. Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. I'll quote this one. Acts 10, 38, with the Holy Spirit and with power. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? With the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good. Now that word power is the word dunamis. Do you know Acts 1.8, you'll receive dunamis when the Holy Spirit's come on you. And you'll be witnesses to me. Did you know that dunamis power, the power of the Holy Ghost is in you now? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. How did he do good? Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Did you notice that? He didn't say sickness was a gift from God to make you pious and holy and for you to give him glory. He said sickness is oppression of the devil. I also remember Job chapter 2. Somehow Satan was, to go back, was able to go back into the presence of God. And uh, he said, did you notice your servant Job? He's a mighty nice man. 
But you know, you make him sick and take everything he's got. And uh, he won't even walk with you anymore. And you know what God said to, to, to Satan? Well, Satan, he's already in your hands. The key to that is Job 3.25. For that which I, I feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of has happened to me. Now see here, there's the Holy Ghost. Some of you, you have things that, are, that have walked your family line. And in your mind, you're thinking, when's that going to happen to me? You need to stop the fear. Did you hear me? Heart disease, cancer, kidney issues, diabetes, yada, yada, yada. If you're thinking that way, that's an open door for the enemy to come in. Did you hear me? And so again, Job opened the door for the tra tragedies in his life because he was afraid. See, he may have had the idea that his right living and he was the only one doing the praying and oh boy, he had to oversee his family and oh my, I don't got to make sure they don't open a door for the devil for him to come in. And the very thing he feared is the very thing that happened to him. So you need to deal with your fears. Now I started my life with fear, age 13. Somebody told me I'm going to die young. I went and had my palm read in a Methodist church on Halloween. Talk about an oxymoron. How crazy is that? No, it's moronic. Take the oxy off. It's just moronic. Yeah. So I'm a little 13-year-old dude. I walk to the Methodist church near my house. I, just got, I said, what you do? I'm a palm reader. Give me your palm. And then they looked at me and said, see that right there? I said, what is that? Said, That's your lifeline. Oh, look at that lifeline. It's short. That means you're going to die young. Now, I can't tell you the fear that came immediately to me. I said, really? 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 I said, yeah. And I went away from there as an empty-headed 13-year-old and let that fear attach itself to me my teenage years, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And the thought frequently came up, why keep going to school? Why keep pushing myself? Why work hard? Why do this if I'm going to die young? Why get married? Why, why even try to do all that if I'm going to die young? Why don't I just go ahead and let her happen? Then when I came to Jesus and found out I don't have to die, I said, well, glory to God. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and declare the works of God. So here we are. I didn't die young. I think I'm still young, but... No, fear opens the door to the devil the way faith opens the door to God. Some of you, seriously, you need to deal with yourself. You know what I noticed in COVID? I noticed how many people will willingly and easily yield to fear and not even think twice about it. Did you notice that? You might have been one of those persons that yielded to fear. A lot of people did. Most believers did. I, I just cannot be real with you. I didn't. You know what I said? I'd rather die today than live in fear. I don't live my life that way. Now, I was, in, uh, I was um, privy to a plane crash in 1998 at Living Water Teaching in Guatemala. And I went up to the plane crash site. And, you know, it's a thousand pieces of a plane on top of a mountain in a cornfield. And uh, 11 people dead, seven survivors. And, uh, wow, I knew those people that died. And, uh, and so the moment my eyes hit 
the fuselage and all of the wires and the tires and the motors and all that laying everywhere, the wings. A fear hit me right in the gut. That was November 1st, 1998. January 1999, I already had the tickets bought. I'm headed to, I'm headed to India for ministry. And I heard something and I felt a quickening. I heard, you need to go cancel that trip you've got. January 1999, because there's your fate right there. You're eventually going to have a crash. And I can't, I mean, I felt, I literally felt the fear. See, I was uh, familiar with fear as a child, as a teenager. I know how fear feels like. Fear will quicken your pulse and make you kind of wild-eyed. And uh, I felt that. And the moment it come, I stood right. I don't even care who, I don't even know if anybody was around me. But I stood up and said, if I have to live in fear, then let me die today. I resist this in Jesus' name. And just as, I mean, I said that out loud. I don't, really don't know. There might have been a couple of people around me, but, and I told them what happened. But, um, you know, the moment I said that, it left. I mean, the moment. And then, you know, I've, I mean, I've taken over 40-something trips, you know, various places, Africa, India, Russia, Siberia, Central America, yada, yada. But um, God's always protected. And I've never been afraid. So if you're afraid of something, you need, to, you need to deal with it. The fear of man brings a snare. Right? Whoever puts his trust in the Lord will be saved. Well, I'm getting older. You know, these things are going to happen. They're going to diagnose me. Shut up. I mean, really? Hush. You buying into the devil's ploy. How did I get off on this? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is oppression of the devil. That's what Jesus said, right? Huh? Right? If Jesus, uh, if it was God's will for, for sickness and disease... And Jesus prayed for people, and they were healed. Then you know what? Jesus was violating his own father's will. You know the guy Matthew eight after the after um, you know the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus came down from the mountain, and there was a leper right at the base of the mountain. And he made a statement to Jesus, said, "Lord, if you will, you can make me well." And immediately Jesus said, I will be clean. <laughs> if he would heal that leopard, he'll heal you. Or he's, he shows partiality and he's favorite. he has favorite kids. No, he loves everybody the same. Right? If he'll heal that leper, he'll heal you. Right? That's the way it is. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with a Holy Ghost power. We went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. If sickness is oppression of the devil, you have authority over the devil. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, Luke 10, 19. And nothing will by any means hurt you. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, Philippians 2, 9 and 10. Right? 
And Jesus is seated, and you're seated in heavenly places with him, according to Ephesians 2.6. Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, above every name that's named in this world and in the world to come. And Jesus has given, uh, God has given him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. God expects you to live above sickness. Because Jesus put, God put your sickness on Jesus' son. God expects you to walk free from sin because God put your sin on Jesus, his son. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus was made our sickness. He was also, oh, I'm sorry, he made, was made our sin. He's also made our sickness at the same time. Then I noticed in Matthew chapter 9, uh, Right after, in fact, uh, in, in fact, uh, uh, so much began to happen in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, Jesus healed a man. In fact, verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and what Jesus was, uh, what the verse is referring to, what Matthew by the Holy Spirit is referring to there is a, a quote and a reference specifically from the book of Isaiah chapter three, 53, which is the great redemptive chapter. Every verse is about the Lord Jesus, but just specifically to hone in on the verses that he was uh, speaking of there in Matthew eight seventeen. Surely he has borne our griefs or that word griefs, uh, in fact, in the margin of this Bible I'm using here. Surely he's borne our sicknesses. The word for griefs is elsewhere translated in the Old Testament, sicknesses. Surely he's borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows. And the margin of this one says pains. That word is elsewhere translated pains. Surely he's borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. So, so what is he doing here? He's combining sin and sickness with the same sacrifice. So first of all, he talks about the sickness. Surely he's borne our sicknesses, carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Now he talks about, now he talks about the, the forgiveness available and the sin that was borne by, by the Messiah. And he says here, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes or wounds, we are healed. I like that. And then Peter 1 Peter 2.24, looking back on the cross, who himself, who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Looking back at the cross, by whose wounds you were healed. So you're not going to be healed, you were healed. When were you healed? When Jesus bore your sicknesses and diseases on his body on the cross. Right? Question, does God expect you to walk around in sin? Does God expect you to bear the condemnation and guilt for, for wrongs committed? What, what, what provision did he make? The sacrifice of Jesus. What did Jesus become? Our sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, right? So God didn't want you to live in sin. Does he want you to live in sickness then? If the same sacrifice provided uh, forgiveness for sin and healing of disease, why would he say, well, I'll forgive you, I'll forgive you sin, but I want you to walk in the sickness? That's not, that, that doesn't even make sense. 
Right? Just don't hear a lot of people today preaching on healing. And so you know what that means? Not a lot of people have faith for it. So in my podcasts, I was doing twice a week, and uh, this past June, June 2023, I don't know, through about, y'all have to help me out, maybe September or so, I, I gave a lot, I mean, twice a week, that's, you know, a bunch, and I went in detail about healing. And I encourage you, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. I'm just giving you the high spots today, but the, uh, the details are in that those podcasts that I, uh, that I recorded, and uh, they will help you. Anyway, Jesus wants you to walk, at, uh, walk free from sickness. He wants you to walk in health, yes or no? And so then again, I was over here in Matthew chapter 9. So he got into a boat, Jesus, crossed over, came to his own city. And then, he behold, then behold, he, uh, they brought to him a paralytic lying in a bed. So, you know, here's some friends who had a, a, a friend of theirs who was, uh, who was uh, paralyzed and couldn't walk. Isn't it good to have friends when you're, not, when you're having a hard time? And they picked up the pallet he was on, evidently. And um, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of you good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And maybe Jesus, you know, just kind of had a, a mental, you know, hiccup. Why did he say that? At once, some of the scribes said within themselves, and these are religious people of Jesus' day, this man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, how many know he knows yours too? Said within themselves, this man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say? I love this. Your sins are forgiven, you, or to say, arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Wow. Now, you know what Jesus just did there? He just agreed with Isaiah 53. He just agreed with Acts 10. He just agreed with what God did to the Israelites coming out of Egypt. He just, he just showed people that the same sacrifice that forgives sin also heals diseases. And then Jesus said, Arise, take up your bed. And the guy got up. You might have heard a creak, 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 and a click, click, click. And the dude got up, and it was probably some shouting and hollering, and oh my goodness, I've never, hadn't done this in a long time. And he, he, took, and he, and he grabbed his bed and, and, and took off. A lot of people saw it. Uh, let me ask you a question. Which would God give God more glory? A guy laying on his bed and couldn't get up, or a guy that actually got off of his bed because Jesus prayed for him, got healed, and walked off. Which one would bring more attention to Jesus? I'll let you answer the obvious question. Yes or no? Question, why aren't we pursuing the healing power of God more than we are? Huh? Huh? Everybody's quiet. I just want to encourage this available today. And then... I want you to look at Mark chapter 5. Notice what Jesus did here. Now, this is really interesting to me. There's, here's a lady who had been sick, and you know the story, but I'm going to read it for context. Now, here's a woman who had a, a physical problem for 12 years. And, um, you know, uh, it says a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things. Now, that sounds like she's suffering to me. Suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew, grew worse. You've seen that before, haven't you? 
when she heard about Jesus, came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, what did she hear about Jesus? Obviously, people came from different locations where Jesus was, and he had healed people, and maybe people who had friends, maybe some of the friends of the paralytic, or maybe maybe she heard the word about the paralytic who's healed. You really don't know. Or maybe Peter's mother-in-law, who, who, uh, who Jesus prayed for. It could have been the centurion. The uh, guy in the armed forces, his servant was healed. It could have been any, or it could have been this, uh, could have been this leper who said, you know, I had less leprosy and Jesus cleansed me. It could have been any of those people. You just don't know, right? When she heard about Jesus, so the word was spreading that Jesus was a healer. She came behind him in the crowd. Now, if you know anything about Jewish law, a woman with a flow of blood, her menstrual cycle, she's not to rub elbows with anybody during that entire time. In fact, she's got to wait a little bit after that and then go through a rite of purification. She's not to get out in the crowd. Well, you know what? She risked she risk her freedom because of what she believed. There was conviction of heart created by what she heard. If you want healing in your body, there has to be conviction of heart that God will do what you want Him to do. And that conviction is called faith. Right? Right? And so it says here, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, I can personally, when I see that, I can see her getting down on her knees. In fact, other, other renditions of this, she, she touched the hem of his robe. The hem of the robe of high priests, you know, had some uh, bells on it, I think pomegranates and such, and they stood for the word of God. She grabbed a hold of the word. She knew, evidently knew the Hebrew Scriptures, the Torah. She got down on her knees, crawling to the crowd, risking her freedoms. <laughs> for she said, in fact, as I understand the tense of the Greek, for she kept saying. Can you see somebody getting down on the ground saying, i just get to him if I can just get to him. All I got to do is touch him one time. If I can just get to him. And people are bumping up against her. She's bumping up against them. They're looking down to see what's rubbing up against their legs. And she just keeps walking. And she's dusty. And her, and her clothes are dirty. And there's dust everywhere because there's a big crowd. And she's just, can you see her? And the, and the crowds are so close to Jesus, she can hardly get to him. So, but she reaches out her hand. And she can't hardly. And she keeps itching up inching up if I could just one one touch just just one see that's what I see when I read that she became behind him in the crowd and touched the hem of his robe his garment for she said if only I may touch his clothes I'll be made well immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Whoa, whoa. Now, there's a lot of people touching Jesus. There's a lot of people today who are believers that the healing power of God is available for. But how many today would touch as him? They don't because they haven't heard and they don't know. But I want you to know the healing power of God's available to you. He wants you to be as free from sickness as you are from sin. Everybody's quiet. I said, he wants you to be as free from sickness as you are from sin. I said, he wants you to be as free from sickness as you are from sin. 
Now, in America, because we've got a pill for every problem, we don't even try to pursue healing. You know what I call that? Can I spell it? L-A-Z-Y. Lazy. We take the easy way out. Instead of the way that honors Jesus, honors his word, glorifies him, and, give, and opens up a, a place for others to receive. Yes or no? Am I telling the truth or not? If God's got something available to me, I'm going to go after it with everything I got. Do you know any, anything that ever, you know, last year, I got this little, uh, I can't show you, I have to take my clothes off. I got this, I had this little uh, thing come up on my arm. Actually, it was during the encounter last year. A couple of weeks before, they had this big red looking, and it looked, it looked really bad. It looked like the C word. I was like, my God, look at that. Where did that come from? And then the devil said, yeah, you've been riding that bike. I've put about 15,000, 16,000 miles on the bike on the trail with my arms, you know, free and as hot as blazes. I said, see all that biking you did? See what you did? Look, that's the C right there. Look at that. I whacked that thing out, probably cut a big gouge in your arm. You better go. I said, I think I'll talk to Jesus first. And I looked at that thing and I said, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to build myself up. And this is what I do. Before I ever pray for me or anybody else, I build myself up in faith. How do you do that? Well, I get scriptures like Exodus 15, 26. We just read Exodus 23, 25, Psalm 103, 1 through 3, Psalm 107, 20, uh, Psalm 105, 37, Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. Uh, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, Acts 10, 38. Do you hear me? Yes. Isaiah 53, 3, 4, and 5. I just meditate on them. What do you mean? And then Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25. I just meditate on them. What do you mean? I just think about them over and over and over and over and over and over and say, well, you know, if that's true, then this can't stay on my arm. And so what you do, if you read it enough, conviction builds up. You know, if you stop reading some of the gloomy stuff you're reading and start reading your Bible more, you'd have a smile on your face. <laughs> Think about that, <laughs> right? So I just finally, you know, it's like, okay, I think it's time to pray. Listen to this. Sometimes we pray too quickly. There's a time to meditate. Now, again, there's a time to be prayed for, and I'll talk about that in just a minute as I conclude here. Y'all okay? If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of the affliction in Jesus. Immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Whoa. When did dunamis come out of Jesus? When the touch of faith, she touched him. A lot of people were touching him, but she had a different touch. She believed he could do something for her. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. He could feel it. Come on now. Turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Everybody saying, what? A lot of people touching your clothes. And he looked around, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging, that means pressing. They're pressing him. You ever been in a crowd like going to a ball game? 
Or, at the, at the, or, or you know, at a place where a lot of people and everybody's just kind of, get off, you're violating my space. Get off of me. Well, that's the way it was with Jesus here. You see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had, who, her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She said, Jesus, I was in my house. People kept telling me that you heal people. I kept hearing it, kept hearing it, kept hearing it, kept hearing it. And you know what? Something happened. I started believing it. I started believing it. I started believing it. Then this conviction grew inside of me that if I hang around in my house, I'm going to have this flow of blood on maybe another 12 years. But I kept hearing it. I kept hearing it and kept hearing it because faith comes by hearing God's word. I kept hearing it. I kept hearing it. And she said, you know, I know what the law says. But I knew if I could just touch you one time, this thing would disappear from me. Woo-wee. She came and fell down before him, told him the whole truth. And he, Jesus said to her, daughter, my power, my almighty power has made you well. No, he did not say that. Your faith has made you well. Whoa. Go in peace, be healed of your affliction. You know what the potential was? The potential was that everybody in that crowd could have been healed. If they believed what she believed. Smith Wigglesworth said this, there's something about believing God. I love this quote. That'll cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. So let me tell you how I think. I don't care what's happening with everybody else. If they come up one time in the future and said, well, it's nerve gas. It's invisible. It's done been unleashed with a bomb over Raleigh. And it's eking down. You know, you got these, uh, what do you call those uh, things in the sky? Psh, psh. Chemtrail. The chemtrails have released this terrible, diabolical thing, and you're going to get this dreaded lung disease. You're going to die gasping for breath. You know what I would say? I would say a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it ain't coming near me because Jesus himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. In fact, God gave me a scripture for COVID. I don't even remember what it was. I'm kidding. I, do. I had to say that. So, I just like to have a good time, don't y'all? These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. It's not just drink any deadly thing. Ingest something that ain't right. God will heal you. Huh? You say, I know, but then microbes, you better put that mask on because then microbes is everywhere. Say six feet apart from everybody. There's, there's nothing in history that's ever told anybody to do that. Until 2020, suddenly all science changed. Give me a break. Fear, the acronym is false evidence appearing real. And that's all kind of falseness. Right? 
so I said during that, you know what? <laughs> I'll never die from COVID. In fact, I'm, one, I'm not, not going to have it. Himself took my infirmities. When sickness comes, all you have to do is say, Himself. Himself took my infirmities and bear must. Himself. Right? Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Isn't that good? Whoa. Now, if Jesus would heal her, would he heal you? Oh, let me cut to the chase. Time's running away. To receive from God, you got to listen to him. You got to be both spiritual and practical. Uh, 1980, uh, two, three. 1983, March of 1983, the Lord said to me, Mitch, I said, uh-huh. And he said, I mean, just when I say the Lord said, inside of me, it just kept coming up to me. When the Lord speaks, it's not going to be a voice way out here. This is the Lord. No, it's going to be in here. And I just knew, and I had kept, this thought kept coming, and I finally figured out that thought's the Lord. He said, Mitch, I want you to start exercising. I said, you got, you got to be joking. I want you to get somebody else. I'm talking to you. Really? And he just wouldn't leave me alone. I want you to exercise. And then it changed to, I want you to jog. I don't even lie. I have never seen a person with a smile on their face that's jogging. No, they're going said, I want you to jog. And uh, I said, you serious? He said, I'm serious. I want you to, and then he said this, I want you to exercise the rest of your life. I said, really? He said, I want you to regularly and never stop. Really? And so he messed with me for several weeks. I said, all right, I'll, I'll obey you. So I got all that and started jogging and I jogged for 33 years. Then September of um, 2012, the Lord spoke to me and said, now I want you to start riding a bicycle. I don't even have a bicycle. So I went and bought me one. And then I found out the Noosa River Trail opened up all the way, all the way to Falls Lake, and then all the way from I live in night, all the way to Falls Lake, 18 miles, all the way to um, O'Neill Street, Cover Bridge Road in, in uh, Clayton. 17 and a half miles. So I started riding my bike. Now I do both. I, extra, I walk and uh, ride a bike. And I've been doing that. 2004, I'm leading up to a point. Everybody okay? 2004, the last day of February 2004, I was on the way to um, Calcutta, India and uh, Kathmandu, Nepal. Uh, double think, uh, week missions trip. And uh, halfway to Atlanta, Georgia, on a Delta Airlines flight, my appendix ruptured. Uh, ouch, is what I said. Ouch. Hurt. And so, you know, they took me to tree. The Lord said, don't get on the next plane till you know what's the matter. So anyway, I had an appendectomy. I actually had a, a big, uh, I had a big infection in my abdomen. They had to give me like five antibiotics, and I tasted metal all week long. It was terrible. And then the doctor said to me, you know, Mr. Horton, you're, you're fortunate that you live today. I said, why is that? She said, if you lived 100 years ago, you'd be dead. And I said, that's real encouraging. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> Thank you. Praise God. <laughs> that's awesome. So anyway, I got over that. And then the Lord spoke to me again and said, Mitch, I want you to. Now, I don't know what caused that. I say it's the devil. I don't know. 
But I had a distinct impression, Mitch, change your diet. At the time, not even. I don't even want to tell you this. I mean, we got four children. I'd take them four children. We'd go to Burger King. We'd get a Whopper. I'd get two Whoppers. <laughs> double fry. Double it. Double it. <laughs> and the Lord started speaking to me. Mitch, you need to clean it up, bud. You need to clean it up. Clean what up? Clean what you eat up. I like what I eat. Well, I don't. <laughs> and so I read either 17 or 18 books. Some of them were spiritual. Some were just real natural uh, people with nutrition and health and all the health sciences and all. And I figured out, and I just completely changed my diet. I mean, you can, you know, you can fudge a little bit if you generally do it right. But I changed. Now, let me tell you about Americans. We're the unhealthiest people in the world. I don't like saying that. Because we got too many fast food restaurants. We made it too easy. And then you go to anywhere else in the world, you get a little small per portion. They give you, well, you know, I want uh, whatever. And they bring it to you. And it's like, where's the rest of it? <laughs> it's a little small portion. You say, do you want some soup? Well, that's a little, I mean, you can buy, you, you, can, you can find tomato bisque all over the world. I want some tomato bisque. And it's a little tiny thing. That's enough. My kid could eat that. What? We eat too much. And then we eat too much of the wrong things. And then we have an appetite for the wrong things. So I changed. So, so uh, if you're not exercising and you're eating, I could use all kinds of adjectives, but there's no reason to. But you're eating wrong or too much, and you know it, and you know that your mouth is causing problems. As the old farmer said, one day your chickens are going to come home to roost. So why not change it now? Right? I exercise every, I just walked, usually it's between two and three miles, sometimes four on Saturdays if I have more time. And I'll, you know, think about my message and pray and all that and listen sometimes to podcasts. Uh, but then every night, I don't care if it's 20 degrees outside. I got me a hat. I got me some gloves. I got me a big old coat. And I'm walking. Why? Because I need to exercise. I have a desk job. I need to exercise. God didn't make you to be inert. He, he, got, he made you to move. What's that thing you say at the move it, move it, move it? Remember that song? If you're not moving, moving, moving it, you're going to have some problems. And then if you're eating wrong, you're going to have problems eventually. You might, might get by with it today and maybe tomorrow, but one of these days, those chickens are going to say, cluck, cluck, cluck. <laughs> All right? Even though Jesus took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses, right? right? You got to deal with these things, guys. Now, listen, when I lay hands on the sick, I become extremely aware of people. And it happens so frequently that I've said, God, what do I do about this when I'm praying for the sick? I know intuitively within me, this person needs to make some drastic changes with how they live life. And some people are so hooked on the foods they enjoy that aren't good for them, they're not willing to make the changes. I'm not that way. I'll eat something I don't like because it's good for me. I won't go in any detail. Come and ask me in the foyer, I'll tell you. I do. I do it for because it's good for me, right? Coming back to the thing here. Jesus wants you well. And Jesus wants to heal your sickness and disease. Not, and why? Uh, so you can minister to others. 
there is a spirit of fear coming on the world that's nuts. And they're going to try to do 2020 all over again. I don't know when. Well, what you going to do when that happens? I mean, really, what? Well, I'm going to stay at home. Well, you know what? I don't even know how I could describe that kindly. God wants you to be a trendsetter. He wants you to be a light. He wants you to show others the way. He doesn't want you to go with the crowd. He wants you to be different. He wants to keep you well. How many hear what I just said? So the scriptures I shared today, I mean, listen, I, I have lists of them already made. If you'll email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com, maybe we'll have to stick it on the website. I don't, and I, I've got them in my blog. You can go to my blogs and do a search. Start meditating on Scripture and then get your ducks in a row. Stop eating this food that's going to hurt you one day, right? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on. But I like it. Well, get sick. I don't know what else to say. Right? us Americans were spoiled. Our spoiling days have come to a ragged end. And I'm concerned about our future. So Jesus wants you to be ready to minister to people. Here's what he wants to do today. Uh, there is a word how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing. Everybody say healing. Did you happen to look that word up, Sean? Did you have to? It's what I said, isn't it? Is it I-A-M-A-I? Did you put it on the screen? Uh, however you pronounce that word. Iomia. That word for healing is used 23 times in the New Testament. This is an incredible word. This was a note attached. I had attached a self-note to my Bible I study out of. And I, found, I just read this this morning and I had forgotten it actually. It's 20, this word for healing is the oldest word for healing uh, in languages. In the Greek language, for sure. It's very old, Homer's time. When was Homer? Anybody remember what B.C. time Homer lived in? It went way, 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 way back. Hundreds of B.C.s ago. And it meant healing. There it is. How you, you pronounce that for me. You know, in the Greek language, every, every, uh, every vowel or, or, or verb is uh, whatever is, is iomia, iomai, whatever. But in, the, but in the languages, this was used for healing that wasn't instantaneous, but it came. It came gradually. It's a very frequently used word. And here's what I know when hands are laid on people, sometimes it's instantaneous like the woman with the issue of blood, but many times as you go, you're healed. And as I met it, pondered that today, I had a feeling that sometimes God will do it that way so you'll stay in faith, so you will trust him, and so you'll be urged to clean yourself up, walk with God. And stop compromising your life away. How many hear me? God doesn't heal you so you can go back and sin. <laughs> what a novel thought. <laughs> God heals us so we, can, so we can help him. And minister life to, to others for him, right? 
he doesn't heal you, so all you do is watch ball games. Now, you can go watch a ball game tonight. There's nothing wrong with that. But he ministers life to you, so you can minister life to others. So here's, here's the skinny. I knew intuitively this morning, and I'll just tell you, the Lord told me to miss my, I didn't want to miss my breakfast. I had to miss my breakfast. God bless me. But he said, I want you to lay hands on people. And two things will happen. See, here's, here's what God wants out of this. He wants you to go, he wants you to be healed. But then he wants you to go minister life to others. Again, I, I love this verse. How many hundreds of times have you heard me say this verse? Job 42.10. Lord, turn the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And sometimes, you know, God wants you to minister to others before you get the manifestation of what you've been praying for. So here's what I know. There's a tangible, I felt that anointing on me. Jesus, this morning, is there. Sometimes it's not there, but today it was there. So if you need healing, there's going to be an opportunity here for, for you to come up and be healed. In fact, where's all my, you can come up now. Everybody good? Hallelujah. And before we go there, you know, I do this a certain way every Sunday. If you're here and, and you think you're going to heaven, but you're not living for Jesus, you're probably not. Okay, I don't know how else to say it. If you're not walking with God, you're living in sin, you're not going to heaven. Well, pastor, I've sinned. Well, confess your sin and say, God, I don't want that in my life. And he'll forgive you and cleanse you. But if you're living in the state called sin, right? That means your, 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 your lifestyle is wrong. See, see, Americans think everybody's going. I have to say the same thing Sunday after Sunday after Sunday because you hear it over and over and over and over. But just because God loves you doesn't mean you're going to heaven. And you don't go to heaven because you live good. No, it's Jesus' good works. Not your good works to get you to heaven, right? But works play a part. What part do they play? When you make a decision to walk with Jesus, you repent and say, God, I don't want this lifestyle anymore. I want to change. And if that's you, Jesus, come into life, cleanse your sin. And you say, well, well pastor, I, I like to... I like, I like to do cocaine. Pastor, I like to drink. Pastor, and get drunk. You know, I get, I get tipsy. Pastor, I drink wine and sometimes frequently too much. Well, pastor, I'm smoking some weed. That's a real popular thing today. I've had people eyeball to eyeball me and say, well, I'm a Christian, but I smoke weed. I said, well, you're in sin. <laughs> and the devil's dominating your life instead of the Holy Spirit. And I'd say it again today, so... Or you may be a person and you cause division everywhere you go. You gossip and you blind people's character. God wants you to repent. Right? Or you control others at home with anger. Everybody walks on eggshells when you come in. Hey, so-and-so's coming in there. Hi, hi, hi. Everything's fine. If you do that, you're like a spiritual hoodlum. I don't know what to say. You need to repent. You hear what I'm saying? See, today I have to say it this way. I just can't say, well, just come to Jesus. He'll forgive your sin. No, you give your life to him. You give who you are to him. You say, Pastor, I can't overcome this. I know you can't, but Jesus can. And he'll help you. Right? So don't go anywhere. We're about to pray. So stand up on your feet. Here's three things going to happen. We're going to pray this. 
And then I'm going to give some instructions about healing. Then people are going to come down to be healed. And then I'm going to dismiss the rest of you unless you want to just uh, want to hang out with the overflow because we're going to worship some, right? It's just you. Your team's not coming up singing with you. Y'all come on up. Get some good juicy songs too. That's what I call them. Huh? No, I didn't say older folks. Those folk. You might think they're older, but I think they would be upset with you about it. All right, everybody, look at the screen. Can you put that prayer on the screen? There you go. If you need this, you may need this. You may be watching online. You need this right here. If you're ready to repent, God's ready to transform your life. If you're here and you want to make Jesus Lord, if you'll pray this prayer sincerely and repent, Jesus will help you. Once you do that, we've got a connect card. You can say, I did it. We've got some information. Once we finish this, you can put it on the screen later. We've got some information to give you. Videos, 40 watch people that can minister life to you. We also have some things down here that we can put in your hands if you pray this prayer and you're ready to make Jesus Lord. Two things are happening here. Yeah, take a picture. I love you taking a picture. Some of you, you hear this, I ain't ready to do that. Well, I hope you live tomorrow. I hope you do. And I hope you take a picture of it and go home and let God deal with you. All right? But you can do this today. Y'all ready for this? So we're going to help you. Some of you may have been away from God. You knew Jesus, but you're away now. You're just away. Well, he wants you to come back to the way, the truth, the life. And he wants you to know him. So you can do that today. So you may have known Jesus or, or you know what? You've never, you've never been born again. Jesus said, except a person be born again, they can't see the kingdom of God. So th this, is, this is a doorway into that. Paul said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, after repenting of your sin, the context, you'll be saved. Y'all ready for this? This is big time. This could be transformation time for you. Pray with me out loud. God, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me for every sin that I've committed from the time I was born until today. I believe that Jesus Christ is the virgin born son of God, that he died in my place to pay for my personal sins and that he rose from the dead to make me right with you. Jesus, I give myself wholeheartedly to you for the rest of my life. Change my interests and desires. Thank you, Father, for saving me from my sin. In Jesus' name. May everybody include me. Put your hands up in there and thank God. Lord, thank you for salvation. Thank you for forgiving and cleansing. You've cast our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west. You've forgiven us, cleansed us. Thank you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that makes things brand new. Thank you. Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Now, if you just came back to Jesus, uh, you know, I'd take a picture. Anybody, I think y'all ought to take a picture of that. And then when you're out and about and you're talking with somebody and they say, well, what do I need to do to be saved? Say, well, I got it done. Let me send you this. And you can send it as a text file. And then maybe they can pray it right then or later, right? So just do it. So if you just prayed that prayer, read your Bible, pray, seek God every day, just a little bit. I mean, just start, just start. Come to church, right? Huh? Get in the Word. Get in fellowship with believers. Let me also say there may be some people you're hanging out with that are pulling you down. You maybe need to let go of some places you hang out with and people who frequent those places you hang out at that you need to let go. I did when I came to Jesus, right? 
So if you need healing, two things are going to happen here. Let me say this. Uh, there is an anointing of healing power. And it's the gifts of the Spirit. It's called gifts of healings in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And uh, God uses me sometimes in that. Uh, so so uh, if, if you need healing, I just feel in my heart, the doctor said, you know, this is really serious. You could succumb, succumb from this. You need to come over and let me pray for you. And then I need to. And, and then also, uh, if you have any problems with digestion, I say the gastrointestinal tract, all the way from your mouth, all the way to the other end. I don't know how else to say it. If you got problems, God will heal you. Crohn's disease that came up while I was praying this morning. I mean, God will heal you. So you got to know it's like a snowball in, in, a, in a warm room. It, it eventually just withers away. That's what happens. That's that word healing. I owe my, right? It just goes. Because when the power of God comes, it, it'll, it'll abide. And I've had the experience of many people telling me I prayed for them. It, it seems like it was unaffected to begin with, but the thing left. I've heard a lot, had a lot of people tell me that. So if you've got any kind of problems, God uses different people different ways. The gifts of healings work differently in different people. I seem to have a pretty good, I say me, Jesus, through me, a track record of ministering that way. If you've got problems with your back or anything else, I'm telling you, a malady, and it's, you're not getting rid of it. If you want healing and you're ready to, some of you need to make some changes, alter lifestyle. And if you'll say, God, I'm ready to get serious and not just be playing with life. God will heal your own credit. So if you need healing, come down right now. You come on down and, and ushers help them. One line, give me room to pray. I don't want to stand on the steps. Just come on down, anybody. I mean, if you're, come and let God heal you. He'll minister life to you, I promise you. You say, well, pastor, I'm believing God. Here's what I do. If I'm believing God and there's a healing anointing, I go and let the healing anointing work in me too. Nothing wrong with that. While everybody's coming, as we conclude here, let me say this. Come on down. Come on, put them in a line. That's good. Really, if you need to come, you just come on down. You say, well, I'm embarrassed. Get over your embarrassment. Come on down. We love you. I don't know what else to say. We love you. American culture sucks that, you know, we do everything for show and all that. We need to get over all that. Jesus is life. How many hear me? He just wants to minister life. That's all I know. So as they're coming, let me say this. Just before I go, because this will help everybody else too. If you came up here for healing, listen to the following. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is... Uh, who determines who prays the prayer of faith? Well, I got to pray with faith and I'm ready. But then you've got to receive with faith. So when I lay hands on you, I don't want you to pray. I want you to receive. Don't be in the giving mode. Don't be in, oh, Jesus, please. No, 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 don't. Oh, Jesus, please help. No, no, forget all that. Just say, Lord, I believe I receive. See, Jesus said this, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Uh, the mountain, uh, speaking of the problem, sickness or whatever it could be anything else to be removed be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes what he says will come to pass he'll have what he says therefore because of what i just said i say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe you receive them and you'll have them so to receive from god because he's in the spiritual realm not in the natural realm you breach into the spiritual world with faith and see healings in the spiritual world. And when, you, and when you believe God, you breach into the other realm where God is and, and the healing comes into your life.
I've had it happen to me thousands of times over a period of 47 and a half years. I promise it works this way. So I'm going to lay hands on you. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to take my hand off of you until I know the power of God for healing went into you. All right. I may not even ask you what it is because at this point, I don't think today I need to. Some, some, sometimes I need to. Sometimes uh, today I'm just going to pray for you. Y'all good? You good? And then as I'm praying for you, say, Lord, I thank you. Just inside. Don't say it out loud. Just, Lord, just receive. And then once I finish, say, Lord, I believe I received my healing. Now, once you, now what you're going to do when you go home? On the way home, say, Lord, hands were laid on me. Mark 16, 17, they will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Right? Get it? So say, Lord, I am recovering. I believe I received my healing. Every time you think about it, the pain's there. Ouch, ouch, oi, oi. You know, the discomfort's there. It hasn't let, don't matter. Because the power of God's melting it away like a, like a snowball in the sunshine. Right? Y'all get it? Y'all get it? So the, your job from here on out, I mean, every time you think about it, don't say, well, I wonder why. It, it, if you say, I wonder why it didn't happen, it won't happen. You gotta, you gotta stay in faith. And you do that by believing you receive when hands are laid on you. You got that? Uh, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So whatever your malady is that you're up here for, it is possible that it completely disappears and is no longer part of your physical body. That is the possibility. And faith, when we, put, when we apply faith in God's word, faith in God's power with that, healing comes. Is that right? You get it? That's the reason you got to stay in faith. See, God will pass over a million people just to get to you if you believe, right? So I didn't tell you this thing disappeared on my arm. I forgot to tell you the rest of the story. The rest of the story was I cursed it in Jesus' name. And, you know, every time I'm shaving, I'm saying, well, looky, looky. <laughs> but I said, Father, ever, you know what I did? I'm taking a shower. <laughs> now, look at there. Father, thank you. I believe I received my healing. I believe I received healing for this little weird-looking thing on my arm. Thank you for healing me. I went to the men's meeting, and every day I'm looking at it, and well, looky, looky, looky. Now, Father, I want to thank you. I believe I received my healing. So March went through March, went through April, about, about mid-May. I mean, I did it every time I thought about it. Wearing a short sleeve shirt, walking, washing my hands, you know. Thank you. I believe I receive. Thank you so much. Instead of letting fear thoughts rule me, I let faith thoughts rule me. You get it? And so I just kept saying, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for healing. I believe I receive. See, he didn't tell me to say I'm healed. He said, believe I receive. So I say, Lord, I believe I receive my healing. My job is to believe it. His job is to give it. My job is to believe it. His job is to give it. My job is to believe it. His job is to get it. Say it. My job is to believe it. His job is? Huh. See, there's an expansive time between believing and getting. So my job ain't to get it. My, jo my job is to believe I receive it. And that's faith. And that reaches up where God is. Does that make sense? So, so, so about mid-May, I was, I was uh, whatever. Well, looky, looky. And it was completely gone. I really want to take my coat off and show you, but anyway, take my word for it. It ain't there. <laughs> and it'll never come back. Right? So that's how you do this. So whatever you believe in God. So hands are going to be laid on you. As I lay hands on you, just receive. And then once I get through, you say, Lord, I believe I receive. And you take that like a bulldog grabs a bone. And don't let it go. And don't say anything other than I believe I receive. And somebody's going to say, well, did you get it? Y'all, one of them churches that believes in healing, did you get it? And you look right at them and say, I believe I receive it. And Jesus said, if I believe I receive, I have. 
as I believe I received. Still walking crooked? And you know what? You could say, I believe I received. Somebody say, well, still walking funny. I believe I received. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? That's the way it works. You're still going, ouch, ouch, oi, oi. You say, I believe I receive. We're going to sing through this one time and the power of God will come. Uh, Father, I pray over every person in the room. We're the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Everything we set our hand to prospers. You called us salt. Jesus called us light. We're just different because you're inside. Let every person in this room and watching have an experience with you this week where they evangelize, share the gospel with somebody else before they come back here. I ask you for that in the name of Jesus.